0: Welcome back to the Half Finished to Done podcast. I'm excited to have you here as always, and I'm excited to give you a different kind of episode today. I want to give you a few different examples of client case studies that you might relate to. I'll walk you through where my clients were when they first came to me, and then I'm going to tell you the exact plan that we put in place to help them out to solve their challenges. And then depending on how far along in the 12 weeks I am with these clients, I might be able to report some of their early wins or some of the results that they've created through our coaching. So my goal with this episode is twofold. One, I want you to be able to see yourself in these other clients so that you don't feel so alone. And the second thing is to just give you some creative ideas and solutions that you can start implementing in your business right now on your own. And then if you do want to work with me as a one-on-one productivity coaching client, we can continue that work together. Okay, let's start with my client, V. When she came to me, she was making super good money in her business, but she felt like she was working all hours. She wasn't having time to pursue her hobbies, to relax, and to spend time in her relationship. Within her business, she felt like she was spending a ton of time outside of her zone of value meaning the place where her preferences and strengths overlaps with her clients' needs. She she was doing way too much work that didn't fit in her zone of value and it was making her feel depleted and resentful. So not only was she working outside of her zone of value, but she was undercharging for the things outside of her zone of value, which is a double whammy. So she's doing work she doesn't like, but she's also not getting paid appropriately for that work. So she reported at the beginning that 10% of her workdays felt calm. She had also had several failed contractor relationships where she tried to bring people into her business and it didn't work. And so that was making her obviously reluctant to bring on new people, even though she knew that she wanted to outsource areas that she didn't want to work in herself. And then lastly, she had several big projects, including finishing her own website and launching her social media that kept being put on the back burner and she just was beating herself up for not just getting them done. So here's the plan that we implemented. The first thing I had her do was write down a list of everything that is squarely in her zone of value, meaning things she likes to do and is good at that other people need. So we got crystal clear on that list first. She also made a list of everything not in her zone of value that she was currently spending time and energy on. So one of the first things that she did was restructure her lowest price offer. So she got herself out of the weeds of all the things that she didn't want to be doing anyway that were draining her energy. She changed the price so that it felt fair to both her and her clients. And she gave some of the responsibility back to them to do pieces of the work that she actually thought were better served by them doing it. So that already freed up a ton of time and energy for her. The next thing we did is we made a super simple, fast, bare minimum plan for her website. So instead of letting it be vague and take a ton of time, she just carved out one day to move it forward to a level that she really liked. Now, the funny thing about this is that she originally told me she needed three days to work on it. And I was like, what if you just did it in one day? And she was like, I could do that. Okay. So we make you invest way less time than you actually think you need to. So this gets it done faster, but it also helps you stay out of perfectionism. And then it naturally eliminates a lot of that negative emotion, the shame and the guilt about not having gotten this done yet. And then we revamped her hiring process. First, we narrowed it down to just the next person that she needed to hire instead of thinking of it as this giant hiring sprint. So what we looked at is who is the person who is going to help you get further into your own zone of value, still serve your clients at the level you want to serve them, and keep you making the good money that you're already making? And her answer became crystal clear. One really important thing that we did differently here is we looked at how she's brought people into her business in the past. And what we found is that she normally would hire somebody and then she would spend a ton of time and energy training them across all of her clients. So these new people would know how to handle any of her clients, which sounds like a good thing. But the downside was she would later find out that they weren't actually a fit now she felt like she had overinvested in them, she wasn't getting the results she wanted from them, and she had burned through her time and energy. So what we had her do was to hire this person on a trial basis with a really specific set of tests or exercises, if you want to call them, that really got to if this person was a good fit for the role. And the wild thing is that as soon as we came up with this idea, she knew exactly How she could run them through a series of exercises that would actually figure out if they were the right fit for the role. She knew she just hadn't thought to do it in this way before. So, when I was working with her, I had this really strong visual of a ball of yarn that was all tangled together. And it was like she's so smart, she's so self aware. She just needed to spend a little bit of time with someone outside of herself detangling this ball of yarn so that she could take these easy, quick action steps. She moves fast once she knows what to do. So she got results immediately. And this is the other cool thing. She experienced what I love to call project magic. I've talked a little bit about project magic here and there on the podcast, but it's this idea that when you are clear on what you're committed to, and you start taking action on those commitments, the universe or God or whatever it is for you starts to step up as well and give you opportunities that you hadn't seen or experienced before. So in her case, she committed to hiring just that one person and doing it in a different way than she had before. But then all of a sudden, all these other people popped up out of the woodwork And became really good contractors that she could also add to her team. It's almost like if you have this one domino piece and you take care of that, all the other pieces tend to fall into place. So that is what she experienced. And she's been sending me raving messages about the success that she's had since our last session. So join me, if you will, in saying congratulations to V. And I encourage you to take a minute and apply this back to yourself. Which parts of V's case study relate to where you are right now? And what can you learn about the plan that we put in place with her? If it doesn't strongly relate to where you are right now, file it away in your head and trust that these lessons and suggestions will be able to come back up when you're ready. All right, let's talk about R. So when R came to me, she was feeling a lot of guilt both while she was working and when she was not working. So guilt permeated her day. Her biggest complaint was that she was feeling like she's too far in the weeds of her business. She's working in the business 90% of the time versus just 10% of the time where she's working on the business. So doing those higher level strategic growth initiatives. And what she really wanted was to be able to do more of a 50-50 split. So 50% of her time executing on the work right in front of her, but 50% of her time working on higher level things. Although she has several members of her team, she is struggling to delegate for a variety of reasons, including time. So just training people up, but also trust, letting go of things that are really important to her. So she has that constant conflicted feeling of knowing she's the bottleneck, but not being able to let it go on her own. And then lastly, she knows that she gets really distracted throughout the day. So it's not that she's not sitting down to work. It's that when she is sitting down to work, she spends a lot of time in split focus between the work at hand and then emails and Slack and incoming text messages, all the things that divide her focus. But this isn't just her like fiddling around and not doing work. These are work-related things, and they come from her team reaching out to her for way too many things that there's no documentation or clear policies around. Another really interesting thing that we uncovered is that all of the clients in her business are being treated equally. Now, that might sound like a good thing, but what's actually happening is that these clients are paying very, very different levels of money, and there's no clear distinction on who should get what level of support and when. Okay, so here is what we're working on together. The first thing is getting crystal clear on internal policies around a few different things. One is communication timelines. So how quickly does she expect herself to respond? And how quickly does she expect her team to respond? Getting clear on that upfront and then making sure that that's actually realistic. Then review processes. So who needs to review what and when instead of having 12 different cooks in the kitchen? And then figuring out this tiered system around support. So not actually treating all of our clients equally, but tiering out the support that they're given based on their package level. So documenting all of these different things, understanding them for herself, and then distributing them to her team so that they can make sure they're on board as well. Now, we're still very much doing this and rolling it out, but what I wanna say is that this sometimes goes swimmingly with clients. They create an internal process, they roll it out, and it's great. Sometimes they create an internal process, they roll it out, and then it turns out that given the other circumstances of the business, it needs to be tweaked in order to actually be workable for everyone. So I help you with that process as well, is executing and then troubleshooting. We also immediately got her implementing a deep work practice. So doing those 60 to 75 minutes of uninterrupted, focused work on her most important task and projects. So this has been a tough one. It's really easy to put an hour on your calendar and tell yourself that you're gonna do your most important work, but the reality is when you have a lot of competing priorities and competing requests and interruptions, it is hard to stay on plan. So what we're doing is we're just working with her through every situation. We're figuring out what actually should take priority over her deep work sessions If it does pop up at the last minute, what's truly more important than her deep work? And on the flip side, what's not more important than her deep work sessions that she's allowing to take precedence over them? Making those distinctions really helps. So when something pops up that is more important than her deep work session, she can own the decision to not show up to her deep work session. And she can feel better about that and release some of the guilt. And When she has something pop up that's not more important than the deep work session, she is learning to sit with the negative emotions that come up for her in that moment. So that is all of the guilt and the fear and the doubt. And it sounds like they're going to be disappointed in me. They really need it from me right now. She's just learning to monitor that sense of urgency in her own mind and not react to it blindly. Okay. Another huge thing that we're doing that's been really effective so far is we're looking at where she is doing too much handholding with her team. So by handholding, I mean spending actually too much time with them and taking away too much of their responsibility versus putting it back on them. So we're coming up with really specific tasks that her team needs to pick up the slack on so that she spends less time and energy on it. And she frees up more of her schedule to then invest in her higher level strategic projects. So there's a very obvious benefit to her and the business for her to divest her time and energy from low value work. I was going to say silly work. We'll call it that from now on. There's a huge benefit to the business, but it's also a huge benefit to her staff. She's not overloading them with work and she's not loading them to the point of burnout. She's just asking them to step up and take more responsibility for the work that they really should be doing. It's part of their role. So she's training better. She's preparing better staff members to grow with her in her business and saving herself time and energy. So it really is a win-win. So what I've been really enjoying about this client relationship is that a lot of what we're implementing is actually just very strategic and logistical in nature. It's actually less on the mindset and emotional side of things. It's just knocking things out and putting processes in place for the most part. However, we do also have strategies in place to help her with the guilt. A lot of the guilt goes away by just implementing what we've already talked about. But I'm also having her practice just sitting with the guilt and hearing the guilt come up for her when she's not working. So thoughts like I should be working or I didn't get to this or I didn't get to that or the business would be growing more if I did X, Y, and Z. It's just noticing all of those thoughts and then letting them flow by instead of choosing to believe them 100%. This takes time and practice, of course, but it is work that is so valuable because it makes you actually be able to enjoy your downtime and your rest and your evenings and your weekends. So cheers to R for her successes. We just started, so I know she's going to have a ton more under her belt by the end of our 12 weeks together. And last but not least, let's talk about my client A. A is actually not a business owner, but we still let him sneak in. When A first came to me, he said that 20% of his workdays felt calm. Out of a 100% capacity, which includes mental, emotional, and logistical, he's at 300% on any given day. What that means is he's constantly feeling behind, constantly feeling bombarded and overwhelmed with things that he knows he's not going to be able to get to. But that doesn't stop him from feeling bad about it. One of the biggest problems that he has, in addition to being so far over his capacity, is that he doesn't close out his day because looking at everything that's still left undone makes him feel totally demoralized. And then he takes that feeling of demoralized into his night and it affects and ripples over into relationships and hobbies. Another big issue that he presented with is feeling internal conflict about what to work on in any given moment. And he feels that about 50% of the time that he's working. And lastly, he spends a lot of time perfecting things in order to try and make himself feel more confident. So here's the plan that we've been working on. The first thing is a mindset shift that has a huge ripple effect in his day. And that is accepting the nature of his job. He works in a super intense job at a fast-paced company, and he's involved in a ton of different areas of the business. So just accepting that he's never going to be completely caught up, that is a relief in and of itself. So he can move from some level of fear and pain and resistance about that into more peace and acceptance. So the next logistical piece that we implemented was a month-long triage period in order to get his capacity as sound as possible. So what that involved is a daily 15-minute check-in at the end of his day that accomplished a few different things. One is that it made him look at his unfinished to-do list on a daily basis and actually choose to feel demoralized on purpose. The reason that I say on purpose is because if he's not feeling demoralized on purpose, he's avoiding. But we want him looking at his to-do list and actually making the tough decisions about what he needs to dump, delay, or communicate with somebody about. So it's a much more proactive approach. Doing this daily 15-minute check-in is also about allowing him to see and celebrate his accomplishments that he hasn't been paying attention to. So his focus has been on all of the unfinished tasks and projects in front of him, which as we know are many. We just want to give him time and space to redirect his focus, to see what he has accomplished, to feel confident in those accomplishments, and then to use that to cleanly motivate him to take the desired actions that he wants to keep taking instead of overly focusing on undone things. The daily 15-minute check-in also gives him time and space to time his tasks so he can realistically know how long things take. Because when he knows how long things take him, he can realistically plan his capacity better. So again, sometimes he has to say no to things, he has to delay them, or he needs to loop in somebody else to delegate or just have an honest conversation. This gives him the time and space to accurately tell them what his workload is. And then in order to solve that big problem of not knowing what he should be working on in any given moment, 50% of the time, a lot of what we already talked about accomplishes that. But the last strategy that I had him implement is to ask himself in his daily check-in, what do I need to do to get into agreement with myself about what to work on right now? And that is a hugely powerful question. And he told me that just by asking himself that question, he's taking way more ownership over his decisions, feeling more confident in them. And then that is actually alleviating a lot of the guilt that he's been feeling. So when he does this month-long triage, the goal is to get him to a place where he gets to just feel more calm, more than 20% of his work days. He gets to build trust in his own decision-making skills. So owning what to work on and why he's working on it and then communicating that to other stakeholders. He clears his plate. So he gets a lot of the mental relief and closing up those energy loops so that he can become more proactive about what really matters to him in his role. So what matters to him in terms of the results he wants to create, but also what matters to his boss and the other stakeholders at the company. And by doing that, he has more confidence in his reputation at the company. So he gets to step up for more promotions and opportunities. And he has this lovely ripple effect of having more true rest. So time off plus mind off after work and on the weekends, he gets to spend more time with his partner and he just gets to feel more relaxed and less guilty. So again, I would take a few minutes to jot down what you resonate with in R and A's stories and which of the strategies that I talked about would you love to implement in your business or in your job right now? And to close this out, I just wanted to reflect on some of the commonalities between these three clients because they also represent the other clients that I work with. The first thing that you might have noticed is that these three clients are so successful. They're killing it in their respective jobs and industries. So they're not coming to productivity coaching because they feel like complete failures and they're totally desperate. They're coming to productivity coaching because they are already successful and they know that they have habits right now that are holding them back from not only growing their business in a sustainable way, but also from enjoying their lives fully and richly. The other thing that you might have picked up as you are listening to these three stories and the plans that we've implemented is that I work with my clients on the mental piece. So mindset, the emotional piece, all your feelings and on the logistical piece. So just practical lasting strategies that you can implement in your business. And this is really important because all three of those categories matter. And solutions come in all three of those flavors. So what I'm not going to do when you become my client is sit around and just consistently ask you, what are you thinking? Let's change that thought. What are you feeling? Let's change that emotion. Those are parts of it. But sometimes we're just going to make a change in the way that you're executing things. We're going to be strategic and it's going to free up so much time and energy for you. All right. That's our episode. If you loved this episode, I would love for you to share it with somebody who you know would benefit from hearing these case studies and the solutions that we've implemented. And if you want to become a one-on-one productivity coaching client, I do have spots available as of the time of this recording. Just reach out to me on email, hello at PeteCoaching.co, or you can just shoot me a casual message over on Instagram at PeteCoaching. So I will look forward to talking to you there. And in the meantime, go out and implement some of these strategies as you're able. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Half Finished to Done podcast. If you're ready to become a self-assured repeat project finisher, the best place to work with me is in my eight-week group coaching program, Half Finished to Done, live. You'll leave our time together with one finished project and the skills you need to finish any project personal or business in the future. Just head to peakcoaching.co slash HFD live for your next step. Can't wait to work with you.